back to Believe in the Wolf Pack, the seventh episode, a full preview of the Pop Dark Bowl that is coming to you tomorrow night, I guess, and late afternoon night. I'm going to go with night. Tomorrow night at 5:45 on ESPN, the NC State Wolf Pack taking on the Kansas State Wildcats. Going to be a great game. Hope I'm. Maybe the best ball game yet. Like I said, that Old Dominion game was a good one. But hey, this is number 18 taking on number 25. Might be the best matchup we have so far. But before we get into the full preview, just quick updates from, you know, the basketball side of things, the winter sports side of things. Uh, The men's and women's team, both on a nice little break right now. Uh, The Wolfpack men's team, their next game is at Notre Dame. On January 3rd, that's at 9 o'clock, they picked up a win over Detroit Mercy, 83-66. to And then the women's team is still third in the nation, which is just unbelievable. They beat Old Dominion. Oh, I think I mentioned this. Yeah, and they beat Old Dominion 87-50 to their next game. So they've had off for quite a bit as well. Their next game is New Year's Eve at Virginia at 6 o'clock so both basketball teams just you know resting up a little bit right now getting ready for conference play as it is right around the corner if not closer so let's get into the pop-tart bowl nc state looking to get 10 wins this would be their 10th win on the year sitting at nine closed out the year very well ended on a five-game winning streak after the whole mj morris brennan armstrong thing uh, Brennan Armstrong will start. He is playing. Peyton Wilson confirmed not playing, which is a bummer, but it's the right decision. He's going to be a day two pick. I think he's going to be, I, I think he should be a mid to late second round pick at worst in my mind. I mean, there's a reason he's first team all American, a consensus first team all American, Chuck Bednarik award winner. Still has the combine pro day coming up, uh, and, and I mean, if you're looking around the league, the Wolfpack just <laughs> produce good talent. I mean, look, even Jacoby Brissett's going to start the last few games, but he's not playing this this Thursday, I guess tomorrow. So a bummer, but. It's probably the right decision. Uh, Brennan Armstrong is starting, but for Kansas State, their starting quarterback will not be playing. It will be Avery Johnson. He gets the start since Will Howard, their starting quarterback for the entire year, transferred to USC, which is a bit surprising. We've seen we've seen a ton of guys leaving, transferring out of uh, the Trojans, and Will Howard is transferring into USC. So. Good for him. Good luck to him and all. But Avery Johnson will get the start. Avery Johnson, a freshman. He's six foot two, 188 pounds, and he is a running quarterback. Against Texas Tech earlier in the year, he had 13 carries for 90 yards and scored all five touchdowns for K State. 13 carries. He's a quarterback. He's not a running. He had 13 carries for 90 yards. And five touchdowns. That is insane. I mean, that is unbelievable. His passing numbers aren't bad, but he's he's a running quarterback. He is 100% a scrambler and, you know, improviser, whatever word you want to use for him. He's going he's gonna to take the, take the ball down and run with it. 
I am trying to find the rest of his kind of numbers from the year. Yeah, I mean, a few games he kind of got in there. He was he was being mixed in with Will Howard for the most part, but Will Howard was uh, the starter overall. I think his his best passing game was against TCU. He went five for ten with ninety yards and one touchdown. Only has five. Pardon me, three total passing touchdowns on the year and three hundred yards on the year with a sixty five percent completion percentage whereas for you know rushing yards he has 45 carries on the year 225 rushing yards and six touchdowns five of them coming in the Texas Tech game (laughs) that's that's just impressive that's great but he I mean just has more rushing attempts than he does passing attempts I mean, his longest pass is only, where was that? Yeah, it was only 13 yards more than his longest rush. I mean, he's a running quarterback. We're going to see a very heavy ground game from both sides, but especially from Kansas State. And I believe their leading receiver, yeah, Ben, pardon me, Ben Sinat, their leading receiver, their starting tight end is not playing in this game either. He is turning pro, so he is sitting out for uh, the Pop-Tart Bowl. They still have DJ Giddens, though, the 1,000-yard running back. I believe Tashawn Ward transferred, though, so they won't have him as uh, the backup running back. But Giddens has 1,075 yards on the year, averages 5.5 yards a carry, and had nine touchdowns on the year. Actually tied for the most rushing touchdowns on Kansas State with Will Howard. So I guess, you know, by default, he leads the team in rushing touchdowns. <laughs> but, you know, with Avery Johnson, you're going to play to his strengths, especially in his first real start as a fresh. Yeah, he's a freshman. It's in a bowl game that you can say doesn't mean anything. You know, it doesn't really have any – there's no implications on the rest of the year. It's the last game of the year. You can say that, but they're going to play to his strengths. They're still going to want him to be confident. So I – I, I don't think they're going to, you know, try anything fancy and try and like force him to be uh, a pocket passing quarterback. I think they're, especially because that's another thing. Their offensive coordinator, Colin Klein, he left to go be with, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mike Elko. He went to go be the OC under Mel- Mike Elko, I believe, at Texas A&M. So I, it, it, you get a first, Really, you lose your offensive coordinator, who was also working with Will Howard pretty much the entire year. You have a new offensive coordinator, a new quarterback. You lost your backup running back. You lost your best. I mean, I'm at this point, I'm calling tight ends receivers because there's more receiving tight ends than there are blocking tight ends. The only real block, the first blocking tight end I can think of is is Darnell Washington from Georgia last year. And he, that's because he was 6'8", near 300 pounds, if not at least 300 pounds. He's a blocking tight end. But every tight end is a receiving tight end. You can put almost any tight end in the country and in, in any level in the slot, split out wide. So I'm just going to go with their leading receiver, Ben Sinat. He's out. He's not playing. New OC, new quarterback. It's going to be a very heavy ground game. It's going to be a lot of options, I think, between Avery Johnson and Giddens to where, you know, for NC State, 
the defense has been incredible all year. The defense has been so good. Obviously, losing your captain, your your, your best defensive player, Peyton Wilson, is going to hurt. But you have to expect that they're going to run the ball. You have to make them make Avery Johnson beat you with his arm. Turn him into a pocket passing quarterback. When he steps up in the pocket, give him no running lanes and force him to step up and continue looking downfield, which is a very difficult thing for a first-year freshman quarterback in his very first start to do and to remember. For for the most part, he's going to go back to, you know, his instincts and just what feels natural and comfortable to him, which is looking for those running lanes, getting outside, trying to break a tackle, stiff arm a defensive end and whatnot. So the defensive the, the defensive line especially and the linebackers, but in my mind more so the defensive line because, you know, that's where everything starts is the line of scrimmage, of course. Um, you got to stay honest with the run. You want to get sacks. You want to rush the quarterback. But to do that, you need to put them in those situations. You have to get them in these third and longs, these second and longs. You know, if they're running, which I imagine it's going to be 70% of first downs, if not more, K-State's going to be running the ball. You have to stop them. You got to keep them to, you know, a second and nine, second and 10, even push them back, get a tackle for a loss. Sometimes tackles, sometimes tackles for losses as sacks. So, I mean, I, there's no reason to, to, you know, go all out. Don't rush. Don't, don't send the edges straight up the field. Now, collapse them in, play the option. You know, if, if they're going to be going the read option, the DNs have to stay honest. They have to play the quarterback and then let the big boys up the middle kind of collapse on the running back on the inside zone or the outside zone, let the other side handle it. I, I think it's going to be a lot of that, even for both sides, but more so uh, at Kansas State. Got to get the linebackers down to play the run. D-tackles got to pinch and really just, you know, focus on shedding your block as opposed to bull rushing and possibly just going too far to where, you know, you get a great push and you get in the backfield, but by the time you kind of realize, hey, this is a great push I'm in the backfield, the running back is already behind you for at least a four-yard gain. I, I, I <laughs> it's going to be a very run heavy game. Just, just got to focus on that. And if he beats you with his arm, if Avery Johnson can beat you with his arm and he throws for 300 some yards or even high 200, 280 some yards and a pair or pair of touchdowns or more. Hey, good for him. He balled out then. Like <laughs> if he's beating you with his arm in his first start as, you know, a primarily running quarterback, good for him. Good for that's that's going to be impressive. If he can not have a single turnover throwing the ball, that's even more impressive. Which kind of brings me to my next point with NC State. I would like to see you know, not often do I say yeah, start with the ball, get on offense, score quick, you know, make them have to play from behind from the get go. But I think that's a pretty good strategy in this case. If you can start with the ball, drive down the field, you get six. Get a stop on defense, boom. You come back. Maybe you don't even get six. Maybe you just get it to 10 nothing. But if you can make them play from behind early on with a, a, an inexperienced new quarterback and a team that is going to be running the ball <laughs> 99, not 99, 60, 70% of the time, I'm going to say probably 60, 60% of the time, 
that's going to hurt their game plan. They're going to run out of time. They're not going to be able to, you know, mount a comeback. And then when they have to pass the ball, then you can start rushing those guys and, you know, get the ball rush going and the and the, the defensive ends coming off the edge trying to get a sack. Make him uncomfortable back there. Then that's when the turnovers will come, thinking, oh, you know, I have to make a big play. I have to do this. I have to do everything. I have to, you know, win the game by myself. And then when that starts to happen, you just get easy turnovers. <laughs> so... The one thing that, you know, even more have – you got to focus on even more for NC State is they're going to be – if they don't go to the option, there's going to be a lot of runs to that left side. Connor Beebe, I believe Beebe is how you pronounce his last name, left guard for uh, Kansas State, projected second round, day two pick in the NFL draft. He is playing in this game, so credit to him. Like I said, Peyton Wilson, good for him, you know, for for being smart about his future. But you always respect the guy who is going to go to the draft and most likely going to get drafted. You always respect when he plays in uh, his team's final bowl game, even if, you know, not college football playoff, just the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Um, So credit to him, but he is going to (laughs) be a monster on that left side. I imagine that's where most of the running plays will go if they're not any kind of option or even the counters may go that way. But if it's a third and short situation, you know, fourth and one, they go for it. They're at the goal line. I wouldn't be surprised if they're at the goal line and it's first and goal and they're at the five. I wouldn't be surprised if it's just five or four straight inside zones right behind uh did I say Connor oh, Cooper BB sorry I think I said Connor I don't know how that's just hitting me now but Cooper BB I wouldn't be surprised if it's just four straight inside zones right off of him in that left guard spot because I, I mean there's a reason Giddens has a thousand yards on the year he's a great running back don't get me wrong but you got a day two left guard go to that left side. <laughs> that's, that's obvious. That's one of those like, hey, okay, they probably know it's coming, but we're going to do it anyway because we just, we're just better. <laughs> and for the most part this year, they were. So credit to K-State. Uh, and then even then for uh, the Wolfpack, it's going to be a very ground-heavy game with Brennan Armstrong being the team's leading rusher on the year. Uh, and even Concepcion, you know, he obviously can split out wide, a great receiver, but he's going to be in the backfield getting the carries a lot. I think this is going to be a very kind of ground and pound, three yards in a cloud of dust. You know, <laughs> Some guy's going to break off a 25-yard run. It's going to be like, whoa, hey, there we go. He got a spark. In. <laughs> but, yeah, it's going to be – I don't know about low scoring. I just think both teams are going to be running the ball a lot and where – um almost every first down is going to be is going to turn into a second and seven or a second and six, second and eight. So it may be a quick game as well. <laughs> if, if we're just running the ball and everyone's staying in bounds, it may be a very quick game. And next thing you know, you see ESPN saying, hey, whoa, 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 we got to take <laughs> some longer TV timeouts to get all these uh, commercials and sponsors in that paid for these spots. So it Keep that in the back of your mind. If you start to get annoyed towards, you know, third quarter, fourth quarter of, man, they're really stopping every play. They're really getting every commercial in they can. Just know ESPN, they got to, they got to do it. And then 
one more thing before I get to the whole prediction. Like I said, ground game. Guys are out. K-State's been good all year. Played uh, played Texas very well. I think they lost to Texas in overtime, 33-30. to 30. So that's... That's a good, that's a moral loss, but being a bowl game, being the Pop-Tarts bowl, not being a college football playoff game, I would like to see some antics. I would like to see some trickery, some trick plays. There was a, oh, I can't remember the team, but they, you know, tossed a screen out to their big man, their left tackle. He catches it. He's got his guys blocking for him and he could have walked in the end zone easily, but you see him kind of go up to the safety or the corner who was coming down trying to make a play play you know they got this five foot 11 180 pound safety going up against this six foot five 330 left tackle you see the left tackle with the ball he just goes in lowers the shoulder just to you know get a hit and get that contact in <laughs> with the safety trying to make a tackle he was never going to make the tackle the left tackle just wanted to you know just you know get a pop in <laughs> it was pretty good but uh, i'm excited to see if there's any like trick plays Maybe whoever it is starts off the game with an onside kick. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, you know, you got some return antics where you're throwing it across the field like some Music City Miracle type stuff. Um, and also, I'm just very excited for the trophy presentation and to see the mascot because that trophy, I may have to rework my, you know, stance on the on the long snapper trophy being the best one I've seen. That Pop-Tarts trophy is beautiful. Listen, you throw what looks like Honestly, to me, they look like gold-encased Pop-Tarts on the side with a football toaster on top with two Pop-Tarts sticking out. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. That's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> they they got to pass that thing around like it's the Stanley Cup. How you like drink out of it, eat cereal out of it and whatnot. You just got to, you know, everyone gets a turn with the, with the Pop-Tarts trophy and just get your Pop-Tarts popped out of it in the morning. <laughs> uh it'd be pretty good but yeah i'm excited just for you know the bowl game shenanigans and what kind of chaos and weirdness could come uh from this game so with that final score prediction i think kansas state is favored i think they're two and a half point favorites yes kansas state is two and a half point favorites despite having one less loss than nc state being in the big 12 playing you know oklahoma and texas and all them probably you know whatever tougher conference and whatnot um yeah they're two and a half point favorites they opened actually as four and a half point favorites line dipped a little bit um, I mean, NC State, obviously, NC State, they're winning. They're going to win. It's going to be maybe at times an ugly game. Maybe at times it stalls for a bit. But I think NC State is going to come out with a 24 uh, to 20 win. I think the ground game and even just this defense, the NC State defense is going to play a big factor. I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, the Wolfpack defense come up with two or three turnovers maybe one goes back for a touchdown and that's how you get one maybe there's a special teams touchdown I think the defense is going to play a big role I think the ground I think NC State's ground game will be better than Kansas State's and also I think uh the fact that Will Howard transferred and you have Avery Johnson first year guy first real star not a most likely like their guy for the future he'll he'll most likely be their starter next year but to throw him out here now 
not much experience, not much time to practice, even without their offensive coordinator as well and their leading receiver. The signs are pointing to NC State. The signs are pointing to the Wolfpack winning 24-20. to And I hope I'm right. Because <laughs> watching that post-game ceremony with the Pop-Tarts and the trophy will be much more satisfying if there's some red confetti or if there's, you know, the, the red and white up there rather than the purple and white. Two very opposite colors as well. So it'll be easy to tell apart. None of that different shades of red or different shades of blue nonsense going on, which I can appreciate. So that's the Pop-Tart Bowl recap. Quick, before we get into the next part of the show where we do, where I'll do uh, the two college football playoff games, Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. Do my predictions there. Um, This is airing Thursday. It'll be out Thursday morning. The game's Thursday at 545. So then I'll have a complete recap of the game itself out Friday morning. So back-to-back Thursday, Friday, getting the shows. And then next week, since New Year's Eve, New Year's Day and whatnot, uh, we'll most likely do... Uh, shows Wednesday and Friday or Wednesday and Thursday. Honestly, I haven't really thought about that until now, so I'll have a better idea of it in the next show. Um, But we'll step away for a moment right now. And then when we come back, give you my predictions for Alabama and Michigan and Texas and Washington. All right, welcome back in to, we're going to get into some college football playoff predictions, starting with the Rose Bowl, since that is the first game, I believe that's on at uh, 5 o'clock on New Year's Day, and then the Sugar Bowl follows that around 8, also on New Year's Day. Actually, I did, uh, I think last year, yeah, last year the games were New Year's Eve, because I remember right as I was out for New Year's Eve and still watching Ohio State and Georgia and just as the kicker for Ohio State was going to take the going to take the kick on the east coast uh clock struck midnight I'm out I'm watching the watching the game wherever I'm at they they flipped it they flipped the channel to the ball dropping in New York me and my buddy are watching we're like well, what are you doing now go back go back we're, we're freaking out about about them switching because this is the, this is the possible game winning kick it was possible it was, it, it, he was I swear he was running as it hit midnight, he was going to kick the ball as it was hitting midnight, change a channel, you know, we're like, go back, go back, go back. We're freaking out. They go back a few minutes later. We see Georgia celebrating and walking off. Kirby Smart's happy and all. We're like, oh, <laughs> it, was, it was so good. We, I could not believe it. I didn't even realize. I'm just sitting there like, oh, what's, what's going on? Oh, <laughs> uh, it was it was pretty good, but yeah, the games are on, you know, New Year's Day this year. They're on a Monday. No NFL football games on New Year's Day. They can, you know, they take over the NBA on Christmas Day, but they're not messing with college football. You got to respect it. I respect it. Also, the NFL and college football are, you know, overall pretty respectful of uh, Fridays for high school football. Just one big, you know, everyone just in agreement. All levels of football. Everyone has their days. <laughs> no one's messing with the Saturday mornings for the you know, Pop Warner and Pee Wee stuff as well. So, you know, just nice all around. But into the Rose Bowl, Bama versus Michigan. 
I mean, both these games on paper are going to be incredible. Last year, I really thought Michigan was going to stomp TCU in their bowl game. But, hey, look at that. And then TCU obviously got stomped. But my thoughts on Bama versus Michigan, I I, I just say I think Bama wins. I think Alabama pulls it out. Yeah, they maybe should not be in it. Maybe it should be Florida State. Maybe it should be Georgia. I don't, I don't, you know, it doesn't matter. If it was Georgia, I think I'd still pick Georgia over Michigan. I'll say that. If it was Florida State, I'd pick Michigan. Um, But I'm taking Alabama 30-28 to over Michigan. I think it's going to be a tight game, close game the entire time. I think Bama wins on a game-winning field goal or, you know, a field goal with, you know, under a minute left. Maybe not as it's hitting zeros, but under a minute left, I think Bama kicks a field goal to win it. Um, I, I just think Alabama, you know, Michigan's had some games where they're playing these big 10 teams and it's just like, what are we doing here? Like what's going on? Even the first half of the, uh, the big 10, yeah, they pulled away against Iowa, but they were struggling a bit. And JJ McCarthy has had some games where it's like, even that offense, it's like, do they know how to throw the ball? Like, you're just relying on your running back and you're just kind of hoping that you don't need to throw it because there that game against Penn State. I think either team had under 100 yards passing. Let me find it. Yeah, JJ McCarthy was seven for eight for 60 yards. I mean, come on. Blake Corum had 145 yards rushing, so that's incredible. But if they forget how to throw the ball, then. I don't feel comfortable at all taking them over Alabama if they forget how to throw the ball. But even then, Alabama has trailed in nine of their 13 games this year, and they've won eight of them. The one they lost was to Texas, of course. Uh, I think Jalen Milrow has, like I said a few episodes ago, he's been incredible these last few weeks, these last few games, I think he's going to be, you know, obviously he's going to be an X factor because he's the quarterback, but I think he's going to have just a great overall game. I think he's going to be making plays with his legs. I think he's going to be making these big throws. He's going to take the shots downfield and they're going to be just beautiful deep balls. I, I, I do think he's going to, you know, just be a major X factor and, and be the player that Alabama needs him to be. He's going to make the smart plays. He's going to, Maybe he can throw over the middle in these intermediate routes finally, but I think he's going to be a major X factor and a major reason uh, why they win, why they win this game. And this may be just, you know, completely, I don't even know what to call it. Just, just, just taking stuff from the past about Michigan, but Harbaugh just can't win the big game. He can't, I'm sorry. He, he can't. Should have, you were, I think touchdown favorites last year against TCU they put up 51 points on you the only real big games you've been able to win is big 10 games the Ohio State I'll give you Ohio State consistently have beaten Ohio State the last three years you beat them every every time the last three years since Ryan Day has been there that's good usually beat Penn State don't drop many games in the big 10 that's cool Hasn't won a big bowl game. Has not won a big bowl game. I, with everything happening with Harbaugh this year, the you know the cheating stuff, the NFL rumors being, you know, pretty consistent since 
week eight, week seven of college football, I think. And the NFL rumors have always been there. They just feel intensified this year. I'll say that. I just, I I, I don't think, I think Harbaugh's tenure at Michigan, it may, it may be ugly. This may end ugly. I think he loses to Bama and then jumps ship and goes to the NFL. And there was that deal on the table for him. It's the 10-year deal, don't go to the NFL, whatever, but I don't know. I just don't think. I think he goes I think he goes back. He went to a Super Bowl in the NFL. I think he goes back. Is it with the Bears, Chargers? Who knows? I think he goes back. Um, but as for Alabama and, you know, their head coach, Nick Saban, if you've heard of him, I think he also has the edge. I think being the fourth seed in the college football playoffs, Saban loves to kind of feed off that kind of stuff, saying they're underrated, they're doubted, even though they're Alabama. But he loves to feed off of that kind of stuff, and he loves to use it to his advantage. And also what he is going to use to his advantage, I just saw this earlier. It was from a you know a little press conference with Jim Harbaugh, where Jim Harbaugh just called Jalen Milrow a, quote, polished Alex Orgy, who is Michigan's backup quarterback, who is most likely going to be their guy once McCarthy is gone. But he pretty much just called Jalen Milrow, the starter for Alabama, a polished backup quarterback. I, you'd be crazy if you don't think Saban's going to see that and show it to Milrow or someone's going to show that to Jalen Milrow and that's going to put that extra chip, that extra edge, that extra, you know, just oomph that they need. And then you're going to hear a comment about it post-game about, hey, am I a polished backup quarterback now? So that may come back to hurt Michigan and Harbaugh in the end. But, you know, Michigan, there's there, – I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan pulls this out. I think it's going to be a close game regardless. There's a reason they're the one seed. They've beaten everybody this year. They're undefeated. They've looked good in pretty much every game. But I'm just going with Harbaugh. He can't win the big game. Saban's a phenomenal coach. Duh. (laughs) And I don't know. I'm also just slightly conference biased. It's the SEC. Listen. Love, love. Love our Wolfpack, but you put them with Alabama and the SEC, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a little more difficult. The SEC is just it, – it's, it's the best conference in the country, plain and simple. But moving on to the Sugar Bowl, Texas taking on Washington. Texas the three seed, Washington the two. I don't know. I, I, I thought about this game a lot. I, I really like Washington. I don't know if it's just because, you know – they're the last real Pac-12 conference winner. They looked good all year. Big win, big wins over Oregon. I really like Michael Penix. I really like uh, O'Dunsey and Dylan Johnson, kind of their three-headed skill guys, three-headed playmaker skill guys and whatnot. But I think I got to go Texas here. I think I'm going Texas. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, shootout-like, but I do think Texas having a much better defense, I think that will come into play late in the game. I think it's going to be a shootout up until the 10-minute, the 8-minute mark in the fourth quarter whenever Washington has the ball, and then you're really going to see that Texas Longhorn defense just kind of, you know, 
buck up and and lock in. Maybe they get a big sack on Penix, make it a make it a fourth and thirteen that they have to go for, and then they don't get it. Texas gets the ball, scores, gets a field goal. That's pretty much the nail in the coffin right there. Maybe they get a pick, a fumble, or something. I think the defense will come up in the fourth quarter and kind of put a stop to the shootout. Texas pulls away at some point in the fourth quarter and Washington will fall short. I mean, Texas also has a much better run game. So if they can get out uh, and have a lead, Dylan Johnson is incredible. Don't get me wrong, but there's just more options uh, on that Texas side, I believe. So if you can get out to a decent lead, get up to 13 point lead, 10 point lead, even a seven point lead late in the game, you may be able just to kind of sit on that, rely on your running game and then just close close out the game that way. But again, I think the defense is going to play a big part. Quinn Ewers has been very smart with the ball all year, only six interceptions on the year. He's played very well against top teams. I mean, even against uh, against Alabama, he was incredible. I still think about his performance against Alabama. He was awesome. So I'm going with a rematch from earlier this year in Alabama and Texas championship. Oh, score. I think Texas wins 45 to 35. Like I said, shootout, Washington scoring a lot, Texas scoring a lot. And then fourth quarter, maybe it's 35, 35, or, or maybe Texas is up by three. They get a stop to where Washington could have scored, could have tied the game, whatever, took the lead. Um, and then Texas gets another field goal, another touchdown or something to really kind of pull away. And you end up winning by two scores. That makes sense. I think they pull, I think they pull away. I think they cover. Uh, and regardless, I think we're going to have, I think it's going to be a great weekend of college football ball games, really getting into the good, uh, really good new year's six ball games. It's going to be an exciting weekend. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you're all watching and we'll be right back here tomorrow with a full recap of the pop tarts bowl. Hopefully it's a positive recap, but we'll see you then. And go back. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.